Hey guys, this is Greg. Welcome to the Wild Weird. I am here with my friend Jonah uh, from Palomino Joyride, part two. Yes, yes. How you doing, man? Good, dude. It's good How to have you here. Snoop wine? It's good. Snoop, Snoop made a good wine. Does I like it. Tastes it tastes like grapes. It tastes, it tastes like grapes. You're, it, <laughs> it does. In fact, I find that most wines do have kind of a grapey flavor when you think about it. Do, what do you prefer? Do you prefer wine over like beer and... Uh, yes, but I'm a cheap fuck, so I get beer at the bar, so, you know, it's like, and also, like, I mean, if you're gonna go to a dive bar, it's like, you're getting, you're getting shots and beers, like, that's that's what we're here for, like, we're here to smoke darts, yell at each other, and drink beers and do shots. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Do you have, like, a favorite bar you like to go to? (laughs) The Lodge? The Lodge? Shut up, The Lodge. (laughs) Yeah, you take, like, edit my thumb out. (laughs) I've only, I've only been to two dive bars, and, uh. First one, me and her went to together, uh, the high dive. Two dive bars? Two dive bars. Well, I didn't even know it was a dive bar. I just thought it was Someone a bar. Degenerate. <laughs> but then it's like dive is in its name. Shout out uh, high dive. But um, it's right off of like – it's in that food cart system right off like 10th and Hawthorne, like right mm-hmm. at the end when it merges. It's got the one that's like got the brick wall around it with the big gate and one up the street. I like that place. I was like, fucking drinks are cheap here. Yeah, I did. That's the, that's the beauty of the dive bar. It's very unassuming. I feel uh, – I was talking to Victoria about this the other day, but there's like certain things about just like the grimier and the grittier the better. Like just give me the scum, man. Just give me the scum. I feel most comfortable in the scum. I've learned <laughs> to be very comfortable in the scum. Like I would... You've learned. It's like I have been beaten down so much in my life. <laughs> like just beat me down to this point. It's like, like I just been in the scum for so long. <laughs> well, I feel like I had like a huge biased opinion about everything. And like, you know, back to the conversation we're having about being like 30 is that the last couple years of, you know, going into my 30s, I've been kind of like, I am letting go of all this previous thought that I had before that was useless. And I've lots of preconceived notions. A lot of preconceived notions. (laughs) Oh my God, dude. It was so annoying. And like, dude, try growing up in a cult and then trying to figure that shit out. It's weird. (laughs) So, and how old were you when you left? I mean, I left it like, um, left, left. For real, for real, when I was like 19, 20. I mean, I would still go every now and then because I was attached to my parents' residence. Yeah. Um, but like uh, I left uh, pretty much like right when I started doing music and everything too. So it was like all around that same time. I made a bunch of crazy life decisions. I got myself arrested. I, I did. <laughs> I like made so many embarrassing decisions. Uh, and uh, yeah, it, it was definitely a really tough time of growth. Like yeah. it, it was a... It was like uh, incredibly painful because it was like I, you just have no context whatsoever for like all the different experiences and all these notions and things that you taught and you're like oh like these people that are supposed to be like evil and like they were spoken so like horrifyingly about like in a place of love like a church like uh, to see them being people that actually showed me love and were actually invested in the person I was and like knew who I was and like actually cared about like uh, my interests and what I what i wanted you know it was like it was uh it was a refreshing change and something i i uh yeah it was just a lot it was just a lot though man (laughs) you're constantly breaking every single uh idea that you had and then uh trying to fill it with something that's positive because like that that's the thing it's like you can have all these preconceived notions but if you don't do the work after you have those notions broken to like fill yourself with like anything, whether it's like education or a well-rounded world experience or a well-rounded group of friends from various like uh, backgrounds, both ethnically and culturally. It's like 
uh, you're still going to leave yourself open to like maybe succumbing to like a pretty bad ideology that you can become fanatical about again. Yeah. So I think it's really important as just like a well-rounded person just to be invested in the ex- – oh, hello. Hey, Kitty. <laughs> That's Banksy. What's up, Banksy? Everyone say hi, Banksy. <laughs> Dude, he might be your most popular guest after this. <laughs> but uh yeah man it's like uh you got you got to fill yourself with those experiences i think it's very important like to your development as a person is to fill your life with relationships and experiences that give you um a greater perspective and that's one of the beautiful things about art that like sometimes it touches people in ways that uh words or a simple conversation cannot yeah and that's where it's like it's the happy medium where we all can find peace and serenity hopefully anyway that's a, that's a great mindset to have dude i mean because i mean like you said it you can either fill that void with things that are bad and toxic and not good for you mm-hmm. and to have that open-mindedness to where like okay i gotta replace something that i thought was good with something that else is like something that something else that's good yeah and how how long afterwards when you left did you meet your wife uh i let's see 2016 victoria i met her at the 1975 show at the Arlingschnitz Hall on April 26th. By the way, that's perfect. So they were just here, like, uh, like a month ago, a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago. Are they good live? Hell yeah, dude. I yeah. have a, it's, her. it's such a vibe. It's so fun. They're the greatest, dude. Yeah. I, I'm also like kind of like a shameless, like silly, like stand. So like I, you're not going to say anything at all that's going to make me say anything bad about them. <laughs> no, it's, <laughs> 1975 is such an anomaly because. From people, everybody that they're I They're polarizing for sure. There's a lot of people that don't like them and a lot of people really like them. <laughs> I can never tell who does because there's like a partial sarcasm. To like- yeah. No, there is. Like even in my, my homies who are all musicians too, that's like, uh, oh, it's so funny. It's someone has said, uh, <laughs> Uh, my buddy Kev had sent me a screenshot that he was having with one of his friends, and he was like, oh, like, he's like, is it just me or just the 1975 suck? And he's like, yeah, I don't know, man. Jonah really loves him, though. And he's like, yeah, it's just like <laughs> all these people who are like uh, teeny bopper Phoebe Bridger fans think that they're the Beatles, but like everyone else that's like hard rock and classic rock enthusiasts, I feel like, are just like, Ugh, don't like them. Ugh. But, but I think they just don't want to admit they do because they think it's going to affect their persona of themselves and uh, what they maybe. represent. Maybe I don't know. You're also allowed to like not like things. Like, exactly. But I cool. like the 1975. I do, and a part of me is like, why? Like, <laughs> do you hate yourself? Or? I don't understand. What's I feel like secure about it. Like, because I, I liked it when they came out with like the first album I heard that had like chocolate and like I forgot the other names of the songs. But there was like four songs I really liked from them, and I was like, this band's cool as shit. And then they became famous, famous. Yeah, at the time I didn't think they were that well known, but they were. Well, they're huge in Europe. Yeah, I mean, they're huge in Britain, so it's like a, it was bound to happen. I think they, I think that tour with the album they were talking about, I think they opened up for like Muse. Yep, on a, like a world tour during that, and like they played like 280 shows in a year across the world, like 280, like 365 days in a year, like all of those days are spent on the road and you know there's like usually a day of travel and or some type of taxing endeavor attached to it. it's like yeah and you're probably barely load. sleeping in between cuz you have you have to do oh, the, so the much pre-show <laughs> like you have to talk to people wake up to like promotional tours too yeah like i can only imagine how exhausting it is like and then you develop a coke addiction cuz you have to stay awake <laughs> yeah 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 it's like uh, yeah it's 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 bad stuff man but i, I mean like do, you, do you feel like you have to do that though to become like cuz they're big now right so that obviously helped them like Oh yeah, no, they, I, I think they were going to be fine. Like, they were on their own journey. Like, that, it, I didn't think, I don't think that that wasn't going to change. I feel like a lot of artists, um, 
sometimes go unnoticed uh, due to either circumstances or just um, lack of knowledge. Nowadays, we live in like this digital world where even like people who are hardcore fans of certain bands don't even know like anything of the top 40, but they have millions and millions, if not billions of like followers and like uh, beloved fans all over the world. Uh, and no one will care because they're so, we're so, so, we're so niche now. Like everything has such a, like a, like, like, you know, like alternative rock, like has its own like things and you go into like punk and then metal and then like metal has just like a myriad of names attached to the word beforehand to describe their genres. And it's, oh yeah. So it's like, it, it, it's, it's kind of funny that it's like, what is popular now? Cause like, it doesn't really mean what it used to mean. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think it depends on who you're talking to as well or where you live. Mm-hmm. Like I was talking, we were talking yesterday. We're like a band, let's say like a local band here in Portland could be well known in a small town in New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of niche there because they're like, oh, this band's from Portland. They attach this like preconceived notion of what Portland is. And then something cool comes out of Portland and then it alters that view and perspective mm-hmm. in that small community. So like, like even just hanging out with you and getting to know you and like listening to the recommendations you gave me mm-hmm. to certain types. I've been introduced to genres, different types of music that I normally was not aware of. And that's opened me up. Just like that that's alone cool. is kind of open, put me down a certain path, broadened my interest and created this curiosity of wanting to discover more because naturally I loved just looking up artists that mm-hmm. I don't know. And sometimes I'd be like, they they were already well known, and I was had no idea or a clue that they were well known. But to me, they were brand new. Right, and like meeting you, and like I think one of the recommend recommendations stays in my head the most when you recommended Nuclear Daisies. Oh yeah, they're cool. And I was like, that's that's a cool sound. Oh and yeah, like I did, I couldn't compare them to anything else. Mm-hmm. And that sent me down a like thank God for Instagram too because like once you get on Instagram and you friend request these people you get recommendations of the people that they friend listen to people on Instagram you sound like a boomer bro I know dude <laughs> friend requests what am I what Did am I a, a millennial or if you're thirty are you a millennial <laughs> yeah I'm a, we're boomers what what we're listening to today where like the guy was like all the millennials are at the stage of their life where they're actually realizing what life is like they're turning thirty and they're starting to realize that life is pretty complicated <laughs> yeah. And Gen Zers aren't there yet. Zoomers? Yeah. I'll get there. You'll get there one day. Everyone gets there. <laughs> Are you? You're 26, yeah. though. Aren't you? Con- the you're at the cusp. You're, you're balanced in between. Nice. This is so cool, generational talk. <laughs> I know, right? People love it. <laughs> uh, imagine I heard, like, four audible clicks of someone hitting stop. <laughs> <laughs> Here, like say more stuff about zoomers and boomers, I know, please. We're, we're not insulting you guys. We're trying to relate, but yeah, it's just like so. Like Instagram recommending whoever they're friends with, because I mm-hmm. feel like if you're that band and you're trying to develop your own sound, oh, yeah. you, you see all the uh, the connected dots. Yeah, 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 and then I'll listen to that, and then listen to that, and listen to that, and then uh, kind of send you down this pet like dark hole. Yeah, and I I really enjoy it. Like I I used to be this guy in high school who would make money selling burned CDs to people, right? <laughs> I had to, I don't... <laughs> yes. I love that for you, Greg. I made, thank I you. Made, I would cheers you. But... Thank you. Thank you. I actually made more money selling burned CDs than I did at my job. I it used to work at a Jamba Juice. I'm not going to shout out Jamba Dude. Juice because it, it, it's... America, a... the place of dreams. <laughs> yeah. Jamba Juice sucked. Yeah, I, I used to have to wear a banana suit at the mall and people throw stuff at me. It was, oh. it was not fun. But uh, oh. So I was like, okay, I got to try to start... Isn't it weird that that's like a job you can like... I could literally go out there if I was just like, hey, I just need some extra money. I'm going to be the banana guy. And they can hire – you'll get hired. Yeah. I wonder what the turnover rate for that position is. It's got to be incredibly high. Very high. Because 
The second you see the suit, it's already soul-crushing. You start to feel pieces of yourself, your ideas, your ideals, your boundaries, your ambitions. It all starts to crumble a little bit. And then you get your first foot into the suit, and you're like, there's one more dream. Then the next one, you're like, I'm never going to have kids. And then it's like you put the next one on, and you're like, ah, and it's over. It's all over. And then you're walking around, and you're getting shit thrown at you. Yeah, that's exactly how it went. And then you're just like self-flagellating yourself the entire time. And I did that for four years from like 16 to 21. Who are you, and, dude? Uh, I, I, I'm discovering now in my 30s, slowly still. But like, even four like, years as the banana man, bro. If you look at my resume, my resume makes no sense. I worked four years as the banana man, two years as a supervisor, but I sucked so bad at being a supervisor that I I got fired being a supervisor and they demoted me back to the banana suit. And <laughs> you you worked out of banana suit land and then came back to it. Back to it. Yes, and then I was so desperate to get a new job. <laughs> I was so desperate to get a new job that I got a job as a dishwasher at a nursing home. Right, sexy. Right, right. Nobody's trying to fuck you in your dishwasher nursing home. That's a hot. That's a lot of hot ladies at those centers. Oh yeah, you you talk to some cool old people. Yeah. A lot of bikers. When I when I when I used to uh, when I was doing the whole church thing, we would do like these things where we would like go sing at like uh, different nursing homes, and it was always like. Some of it was like, oh, this is really sweet and we're touching and like everybody's like having a like a pretty moment. Like you're doing something for them. It feels great. But then there'd just be like this one person who's just like completely gone with dementia, but no one wants to acknowledge it like in the room. So they're just like screaming like while there's like children. They're like, ah, ah, you know, like, just, like, like, like he's having flashbacks like in, in, the, in the Great War, probably not even World War Two, the Great War. <laughs> the Great War. <laughs> they're like in the trenches. Of the yeah, 1912. Yeah, I know. Or whatever. I don't remember the years. I think that, that was mm-hmm. 1912. Was it? Is that, or is that the year the Titanic went down? I think that might be the year the Titanic went down. No, I don't know. I always put it between 1910 and I'm 1920. I'm not a history guy when it comes to It was before the Great Depression, though, wasn't it? For World War One? No, it wasn't. No, no. it wasn't. No. World way. War One was early 1900s. Like six years look, look it up. Look it up right now on your phone. World War One was definitely between 19. <laughs> Give it a goog. <laughs> 1912 and the Great Depression. I think it was like 1909 to 1913. Yeah. Because the only thing I really because then the Great Depression started in the 20s, right? And that's when like that's set, and then everyone's like, let's start a war. Yeah. And let's make some. Okay. Well, so, we're all wrong. We're all wrong. We're closer. <laughs> we got like the rough. Me and Greg were closer. Me and Greg were closer. We were closer. Uh, Riker State. We the were men closer. were right. <laughs> okay. Let's, let's, let's not start this clip. Give me the finger. <laughs> but, okay. So like, but like that, that's really that would happen. I used once I got promoted from the dishwasher job to an activities coordinator in a nursing home. So I played bingo with old people and yeah, like and hired like, the, like weird stuff going on. You'd be like, everyone's chilling, and then all of a sudden, someone's like. Freaking out and having like a, a manic episode, which is like you feel horrible. It's like it's you, you, it, I'm very overwhelmed by empathy, but it's also like out of context. It's very shocking. You know what I mean? It's like, but maybe I'm just like a little bit fucked up, and I like to laugh at things too much. You, but, you do <laughs> laugh. I laughed a lot. You really just pause because you know these people and you know what's wrong with them. But then like you're kind, everybody just kind of sits there, rolls their eyes, and waits till it's done. And then once he stops, you're like B12, B12. <laughs> Back in the game, yeah. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, we ha- we had to hire like musicians. I was the guy who scheduled like uh, the accordion player to come in and play. So like visitations the- and stuff like that. All that, very cool. And then we do tar- like 
outings to Target. Do you or the schedule mall. the people that like read last rites and things or not that so. bleak? Not that, not that bleak. No, no, no. Okay. Because I, I, what someone's I, gotta, <laughs> someone's got that job. I don't know who it is. <laughs> we should find them <laughs> and then interview them. That would actually be kind of cool. But I mean, like, I, yeah, no, that that job was cool. But like, with my resume, I worked at Jamba Juice, worked as an activities coordinator. I installed air ducts in houses, which is the most terrifying job ever. Yeah. Yeah, crawling in crawl spaces oh, for dude, 10 hours. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm claustrophobic. That's, that's a no for me. Being introduced to insects you didn't know existed. <laughs> yeah, that live in houses? That live in houses. There's, dude, you have no idea. I've been in houses that are like built in the 1800s in Portland and like, there he is. you, you find stuff. What's up, Snoop? What's up, Snoop? But, um, yeah, dude, so like, when you left the, when you left your cult, mm-hmm. what was going through your mind? Because you were, you were leaving your family, like, you said your sister went too, right? Or did she? Stay? Uh, she's still like in it with um with my parents down in the south right now. Um, my middle sister and my brother are up here with me. Um, Do you, are you still in contact with them? Still talking? Yeah, we talk. We talk a little bit, not as much as I'd like to, but I'm like very busy, and frankly, that's probably something I should make more time for. But um. It's a two-way street, too, though. I mean, yeah, it is. It is. It definitely is a two-way street. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like the older you get, that happens. It's happening with me right now. I, my older brother and sister are so busy with their lives. My sister just moved to Oklahoma, so I barely have contact with her. He's a menace. They got hops, man. Look at the kid. Yeah. Banksy is the mayor. Sorry. He just wants to hang out and be there. <laughs> Plus, the, the window's open, so he's going to be extra stuff. They tried, they've broken out of that window before. <laughs> like, they know that's an exit point to like go do some wild shit in the backyard. The funny thing is they never ran away. They just like hung out in the backyard and like played. And then they like came inside to eat and then like went back out of the back and they like, never left the yard. <laughs> but, um. Dude, you're interviewing a cat now. It's happening. <laughs> No, she tells me. She's like, you should let the cat just roam, like, the studio when you're doing a podcast. I'm like... It's fun. It is nice, but my cats will start chewing on my cords. They never just leave anything alone. They'll start chewing on something. And that's... But, um... He's a fluffy one. He is a fluffy one. I never had, a, like, a cat like this with this kind of hair. I've always had these things thin. Yeah, it feels like a rabbit. Cats. It feels like a little rabbit. Yeah, these are just like... This cat's a pillow, dude. Yeah, he is. Look at look at him. He's just lounging. Oh, yeah. Look at those eyes. They're red. <laughs> No, they're blue. I think you're just seeing the reflection of the red oh. eye. <laughs> Holy shit! This cat's possessed. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay, I can see it now. <laughs> oh man, I, he's taking over the show, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> did you uh, did you read comics growing up? Is that why you got into? Uh, no, that's Marvel? a very late thing. It was all Iron Man. To be honest with you, it was like because I liked Robert Downey Jr. Like I watched all his younger movies that he was in. I was actually knowledgeable of his dad, who's a movie director, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the stuff that he did. Like I went when I was in my early twenties. I just liked to smoke weed and watch like old National Lampoon stuff. And like, yeah, he I think directed a National Lampoon movie. Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. Senior. Uh, like I believe he did, and it was like then he directed this movie that Robert Downey was in. Robbie Downey Jr. was in, mm. and um. Then now he does independent films. Shout out. They actually have a Netflix on Netflix. Uh, they have a documentary on Netflix. They have a Netflix on Netflix? <laughs> they have a documentary on Netflix <laughs> about Robert Downey Jr. doing a documentary on his dad to promote his dad's documentary. Oh, that's cute. Like, so it's like his dad's like like living in upstate New York, like very old, but com- completely coherent. Like, just a very creative well, that's guy. That's good. That's usually good for old coherent. 
I hope to be that. <laughs> I don't think I'll make I've it. Done, I've done too many drugs, though. I don't think it's going to be a good good standing for my kids. I think they're going to, like, I'll just be, like, yelling insane shit. I, I, I already do it now. Like, it's already happening. <laughs> like, I'm slowly degrading in front of you right now. Like, Same, dude. <laughs> I, you know, in the back of my head, because people in my family have died really early. Like in their fifties, right? I'll bring that and, energy here. Well, I know. I'm, I'm saying, like, so, but that stays in the back of my head. Where there's something in me that feels like I'm not going to live to the average age of an old man. I don't know what it is. I always think that. <sighs> Do you think that's just like weird? Um, like, the, do you think that's just like the the ideology of like the hero persona, like just like fed to young men through Hollywood and shit for our whole lives? Do you think that plays it into it? It has a lot to do with it, maybe. It's like, rock and roll. I'm gonna die before I'm 30. But I'm not, but I'm not like... So I, cool. And plus, I, like, I, got, I never got old and hurt. Ugh. Well, I started, I started to, I started to get, it started to get worse Pussy. when I turned 30. Got out. Like, do you worry about your health now? Like, the older you get? I have lots of anxiety, my friend. <laughs> I worry about that more than anything. Once I, I got... think I'm going to die probably like a couple times a day. Well, please don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to. <laughs> That's why I'm thinking about it. <laughs> I'm trying to get out of it. <laughs> it's like an active escape move I'm doing. It's not even like a yeah. I don't know. I'm not trying to make it happen. Well, not anymore. Dark. <laughs> but that's anxiety, though. You're going to think about it, and it's normal to think about those things. Since you are the first interview of 2023, okay, what? How would you recap your 2022 and what you want to get out of 2023? Um, life is an endless pain cycle, bound to grind you down with time and tiny cuts. Yes, and I would like it to stop this year. I really would. It's not going. Mm-hmm. To. I know. <laughs> it's my it's my optimism, it's optimism that keeps me going. <laughs> it's not going to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I uh uh let me see. Let me recap the last twenty two twenty twenty two. Let's see, I, I uh I released music, so that was good. I finally that got was. that ball going. Played some shows, did that for the first time in like a couple of years, which felt really great because the whole pandy wandy situation. Pandy wandy sucked. Pandy wandy sucked. And, uh, yeah, I feel like I made a lot of great, like, strides in my personal life, too, like, making changes, like, to different habits I had and, like, uh, finding more empathy for myself and through that, like, others, like, <laughs> like, I know it's, like, very, like, we should be like, oh, and then I learned to love myself and that's when life changed. And it's like, it's like <laughs> I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm just saying it's just like, like, uh, taking a little bit more time to, like, understand some of the pain that I have and actually, like, trying to process it instead of just, like, numbing it or, like, or doing other things, you know, like, yeah. it's, uh, and, like, handling it in an adult manner that, like, uh, is constructive towards, like, a more resilient self. Like I found to be like that's what I like succeeded the most at yeah. in 2022. Be a little, like to be more introspective and try to understand yourself a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's important. Like if you're gonna, if you, like I feel like if you don't have like a basic understanding of yourself, it, it's going to be very difficult for that individual to have a a successful life because they'll be consistently removed from what everyone else is as well. Yeah, which is sad. It is. We sad. don't want that. <laughs>
I don't like no I, like honestly the last 30 years of my life has been completely trying to satisfy other people's wants and needs mm-hmm. and feeling insecure about my own interests and things that I like. So 20 20- Dude, this conversation by the way, just like if someone were filming it's like two guys in beanies talking about loving yourself. I, know, I realized like, that like 15 minutes ago. We have we have facial face. hair and we're going to review an IPA right after this. It's <laughs> <laughs> like it's like better health. <laughs> you know, like, better help. We are looking for sponsorship if you're interested. It's it's so it's so yeah. We're we are not a good look for this conversation hey, right this now. Is, this is we're the face of mental health. <laughs> <laughs> My missing tooth ass, like fucking being weird. <laughs> weird, really stoned. No, dude, but like, but this is a conversation that everybody seems seems to be having. So it's like it's it's it was an odd year for everybody. Too kind of because you did. You were yeah, I felt like it was like the it was like also like the first year I think removed from the pandemic and everyone was so like that was like truly like traumatizing for a lot of people like and and I'm not like it's very easy to be like oh everything's traumatizing life is so hard it's like we're yeah. still like living in America like it could be we could have a pretty bad it could be way worse it, it could be way worse for all of us you know um but I do think that like. This is like the first almost like full year for like the whole country removed from it that I feel like there's a lot of things being challenged right now. And I think a lot of people spend a lot of time at home instead of like grinding away at their job and like looking up things that are going on and like actually being aware of what's going on in the country as opposed to – I mean I know I come from a very blue-collar like lower class to up like to middle class like family that like was just like four kids in one bedroom. Like we lived in an apartment like – uh dad worked all the time never saw him mom got a pill addiction and like abandoned all of us essentially like regularly and then like it's like and that story is like universal through like i would say like the late 90s till about the mid 2000s i feel like for a lot of kids our age oh yeah and it's uh i i feel like uh after like being ground into that position where you're like you're so used to just like we have to just like work all the time and then you see like your dad just like grind out seven day work weeks always working overtime always like working so much that it's like yes you're providing for some things but you're really missing out on the whole point of like what being a father is and um yeah anyway i feel like i know i'm just like gushing no. <laughs> but uh anyway what i'm saying is, is like when you when you see that example and then you try to do it yourself and you start trying to just grind it out grind it out all the time and then everything is forced to stop and all of a sudden you're home you don't know what to do you don't you never really invested in hobbies or like things that are like like nurturing to yourself or like creativity you know and then you start looking around and realizing you're getting on the internet like that was everyone's like outlet it was the only time we could like feel any type of like human connection as like shallow as it is and uh, I think a lot of people started realizing a bunch of things. And there's like – so we have like a bunch of different people trying to challenge uh, positions of authority that have been like pretty unchallenged. For a long time. For a long time. And it's like – you can see it too. It's like you see like little like specks of fear and like little, all these like old, old people that have just been like running the show and, and everything. It's Your like way of life is being threatened. It feels like I'm about to like start promoting another insurrection right Please now. <laughs> Post January sixth, <laughs> we should have recorded this a couple of days ago. Right? <laughs> we hit this on Wednesday or something. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, I know. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like uh, the last two years or three years, I should say, since the pandemic started, like we, a lot of like the working class of America were actually allowed to like stay home and take a second to see like what they're missing out on, and mm-hmm. a lot of them got angry. 
because they were like, I shouldn't have to be doing this this much. Like in the country of wealth, like why isn't it over here? Yep. You know, and like I, it's a very righteous opinion, you know, and like uh, I feel like a lot of that was like uh, riled up, and I think you're starting to see it in like music. You're starting to see kids making angry music again, and, like, and it's, it's not even like, music and it's not even like, uh, like I'm not even talking about like hard rock, but like just like rap or like any type of um music that entertains like um like really creative talk or like I, even you can hear some great folk music that has some hard lyrics you know what i mean oh yeah and like it, it like it's lots of lots of critiques you know and hopefully it'll inspire uh some change you know that's the hope anyway it definitely it's will. a very noble hope for for music i think it will i think we're kind of like you know being introduced to like even local bands like ogre the max like your band like Los Gondos, like that is giving. I think hope they're just Gondos now. Is it just Gondos? It's just Gondos. That works too. I like. They that. locked the lot. They lost the loss. What, what they lost the loss. The loss. Sounds like I. Sounds like I'm fucking hammered. They lost the loss. <laughs> <laughs> they lost the loss. Gondos is nice though. I like it. Yeah, One it's word. Cool. I, I know. Like what was it? When I was talking to the Max, and they were explaining to me how they came up with their name, and they were just not like the shouting. Mac truck. Yeah, the Mac truck. They were yeah. shouting out things, just trying to think of like easy one word things to say. And a lot of man titles are coming out like that. Because it makes it easier to market on social media if you really have like, yeah, that's why I picked the most syllables for my band name. <laughs> yeah. There are some bands like like your, yours and like this one band just discovered. Uh, shout out psychedelic porn crumpets. <laughs> They're great. Yeah, like I just discovered them and I'm like, that's a cool fucking name, and nobody's gonna have it. Yeah, <laughs> <You're right>. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely didn't have that in my uh, my list of band names to have. <laughs> that's pretty cool. cool though. People are getting really creative. And me and COVID my buddy Jay came up with the the name for a band at some point called uh, Thrift Store Mouth Sprocket. Thrift Store. That's a little Thrift mouthful. Store Mouth Sprocket. Thrift store Mouth Sprocket. That's yeah. hard to say. You know, like it's like a thrift store mouth sprocket from a horn, because that's how fucking gross and cheap you are. You just get one of those from the, the thrift store. <laughs> that. That's awesome. Um, yeah, band names are fun. Uh, I like, I like, I kind of like ridiculous band names. I mean, we were just talking about they are gutting a body of water earlier. Uh, shout out, they are gutting a body of water. One of my favorite shoegaze albums of twenty twenty two. Hell yeah, they're great. They're very good. Go see them. I think they're on tour. Ooh, I want to go see them. Do you think they'll come this way? Uh. Don't know. I'm gonna look that up. They should. You they should, should come to Portland. Uh, come they, to Portland. <laughs> Watch them like have and like we're just like so late on. <laughs> you know, I don't know how like I didn't know that Portland was technically considered a B city until Soren told me. What that does that? What does that even mean? So, for what Soren told me, like for independent bands, if you're traveling the West Coast, you mm-hmm. stick to usually like Southern California, San Diego, L.A., uh, Seattle. Well, and then she said, if you have the budget, then you stop by Portland. It's considered a B city. Because sometimes we'll just skip Portland, go straight to like Utah. No, we are very persnickety here. (laughs) We are very persnickety here. We don't like the pop as much as people like. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty fun. (laughs) I I, I never heard that term before. B city. I mean, I guess it's not. I guess it's it's an industry term. I've never heard of it before. But I'm also like not really. I'm not well versed in any of that type of terminology, so I can give you one word or another about it. So like that's why I felt like oh that kind of does make sense because if you're an indie band and you live in live on the East Coast and you have a certain budget, you're probably only going to yeah. get like six of the main cities. I mean, so. it, it just seems like common sense, but I've never heard it categorized as like a B-city. It kind of made me feel bad about Portland. <laughs> Portland's a B-city? We're an A-city. Maybe an A-minus city. But like, we're something. Yeah. Yeah. 
We are something. Give us some credit, man. Portland's not bad. We got some good food. You can at least come here and like get some. Like, well, you think it maybe just has to do with the the, the potential uh, turnout, though? That could be just how it's rated. It's like yeah. this is what your 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 like our listeners are rated on, or like this is what you're most likely to like sell out like in these areas versus the other. Oh, areas. they know that ahead of time, so, right? Like that's probably what they're. That's probably what that's in reference to, right? That's, I, what, I it, that's so. what it seems like. When, when they were when they're given like a spreadsheet of like this is how much we think you can get on this fan base, Portland's probably not high on that like they're like go to la make more money there and it introduces you to a broader audience because of population right but yeah population it helps a lot dude that's a cool thing about like being on the east coast and the bands that you can just like hit all the major cities so easily it's oh like, yeah dude i asked Thorne. now it's like i live over here and it's like you just go three hours north and then after that it's just like <sighs> like 10 hours south it's like 13 hours. Or oh, yeah. It's like, actually, after. probably longer, like 16 to drive to LA. Yeah, I was thinking, like, because I'm from Central California, and that's like a 12 hour drive. So that makes more. That's like Fresno. <laughs> what city were you thinking of in Central California, Greg? <laughs> Fresno and Tulare. Hey, yeah, uh, Fresno's cool. Fresno's cool. But, like, I, I, my, my, uh, oldest, one of my oldest buddies, uh, Tim, he's from Fresno. Tim, if you're listening, text me back. And I apologize, because I felt like two episodes ago, I shit on Fresno. Like, I did. I felt like I genuinely shit on Fresno. And Fresno, I like you. Tulare, I feel like my, I, I feel like my family stopped talking to me as much <laughs> since I said that. And I apologize. Fresno and Tulare are cool. What? Why did you shit on Fresno? I, it wasn't intentional. I don't think I did. I didn't do it on purpose, but I, it was subconscious, Except apparently. Subconsciously shitting on Fresno. And I wasn't drinking. And how did that make you feel? Maybe feel bad now because I feel like I just shunned like half of California yeah. or like half of California is not in Fresno. Greg. Well, I feel like if you're like from Fresno to like Reading and Northern I don't know. If you, do you know how the country works? No, apparently not. <laughs> but God, I felt bad about that. I was like, "Fuck, I should have Fresno. People are gonna be mad." I had a couple of fans. No, in Fresno, Fresno people are tough. They don't give a fuck. Yeah. I, I guarantee that. <laughs> Sorry, Fresno. Continue. But so to 2023. Cause like, are you, are you working on some music? You got some stuff you're gonna, gonna try to do this? Yeah, uh, God. If I say all these things and I have to actually do them, this is gonna be crazy. That speaks into existence. <laughs> um, uh, so I'm gonna try to be releasing an EP or two for Palomino. Uh, the Palomino Joyride, that's, that's my band, Palomino Joyride, Palomino Joyride, Palomino Joyride, Palomino Joyride. And, um, and then another project that I'm in, <laughs> we have lovingly called, uh, Necro Satori. And it's kind of, it's, it's like, uh, definitely like, uh, like heavy punk music. Uh, it's gonna have like some black metal influences. Um, and then, um, another project, uh, I'm working with, uh, Kevin on is going to be us and the robots. That's more electronic and that's more his vision. Ooh. And like, uh, it's going to be a little bit more atmospheric and orchestral, I think. Um, very ethereal. And then, uh, yeah, there's something else. Oh yeah. And then I'm going to do a, uh, 2B, to be named TBN, uh, whatchamacallit, um, album with another friend of mine that I've already like written a few songs for. So the the title of the album is already Existential Angst of the Digital Beach. Mm. So it's gonna be like um synth and like uh dream pop. Probably like more like uh lo fi shit. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. That's hella cool, dude. So you already have like a lot of things. So this is gonna be a busy year. Oh yeah, no, I have. A... And you're gonna come on my show a lot too. So yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. So we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll have plenty of time to talk about how awful it's going. 
No, I mean like when you guys when you guys get like close to your projects and stuff, and I'd love to meet those dudes and like talk to them. Yeah, uh, I'm sure I'm sure Kevin would love to hang out. I still have not talked to Kevin. I have a, I, I had like a small. He's an enigma. Fucking cave. He just seems like he's there helping all the time. Like I, he's always. Dude, he's doing the man, something. dude. Kevin's the man. He's he's my rock. He's the dude. He, he, you can always always count on Kev. That's, Kevin, come talk to me, sir. I want to talk to you. <laughs> he'll he'll see you. <laughs> we could probably do like a three way. That'd thing. be fucking cool. That'd be, be pretty cool, wouldn't it? On camera and stuff. Oh, with clothes on. <laughs> with clothes on. Right, you don't even make it gay. We could be shirtless, be chested, which is called the episode chest hair or something. Dude, it was weird until you said something about it, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, dude, 2023 is going to be an interesting year. I mean, I, I actually, it was the first year where I've actually. I feel like you could, you, like not to interrupt you, but I am because I want this to be about me. But like, you could probably <laughs> literally just like cut this episode by how progressively drunk I get off of this one bottle of wine. I can't believe you're actually <laughs> going through a whole bottle, bro. We're here. Snoop to... would be proud. Well, I mean, that's 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 a not a flat. That's not a flattering glass of wine, right there. That, three... that, this is a glass of wine that if I had like just actually kept pouring at the regular level like I was, as opposed to just committing you to that, the whole thing that act. No, no. But what I'm saying is like throughout. The podcast, as your many, 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 many viewers are are seeing, they are probably noticing that I was like filling it up to a certain level every time, like trying to be sophisticated. <laughs> and about, I guess, an hour later, now I'm like, like here we are. Would it's that, like top heavy and everything. Would that be considered a glass? It's more of like a chalice, right? A chalice is like dude, a oh, dude, a glass in this cup, dude. It's like here, yeah, hardcore. 19 Crimes, Cali Red. They're not a sponsor. Just have to note that. <laughs> I do for legal reasons. <laughs> we are fans of you, Snoop. You're so weird. He is one of the three people, though, that I dream to have on this podcast. Snoop Dogg? I did. Yeah. I mean, Snoop Doggy Dog. Remember that show he the did? The Dog Father, dude. Like, I think it was, was it during the Olympics when he did the show with Kevin Hart? Um, I know the, I think it had, I think I know the show because I've seen clips of it, but I don't. Have a single clue in what context it was in. Type in Snoop Kevin Hart, and there's one where he does an impression of Conor McGregor out of nowhere, spot on, sound exactly like Conor McGregor. Snoop Dogg did? Yeah, and Kevin's oh. like, like, what the fuck? He's like, what? you just pulled a Conor McGregor impression out of your ass? That's pretty cool. He's a legend, dude. Yeah, I feel like a Conor McGregor impression is probably like pretty fun to pull out in public. Like of the impressions you have, it's very niche. Like you'd have to hope there's like a bunch of men in the bar. Yeah, you know? females aren't gonna get that. <laughs> you have to really be around a bunch of dudes. So it's like it makes <laughs> it's like you're like in the locker room at 24 hours and it's like, <laughs> like pull that one out. <laughs> Sports center had to be on too. <laughs> yeah, everyone's just like, oh, that guy, he's cool, he's cool. Yeah. <laughs> like where do you? How do you even like organically bring that about? I don't understand like how a Conor McGregor impression comes about. Maybe I, I guess. I guess if you're threatening like bodily violence and you're just being silly, yeah, it had to be like in the moment, and, like yelling something about somebody. like yeah, or like maybe they're like trying to say something about some dude's girl, but then like they're just like quoting him, and just like throwing it in there. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, Conor McGregor was more famous a few years ago than he is really now. He's really quiet now. Uh, I don't know, dude. His industry machine keeps on 
counting those dollars. So that is I'm, true. I'm sure he's doing just. He's a cultural <laughs> figure now, I guess. Right? And that, that means that he's heard of proper twelve. I, I, don't, I don't have no idea what accent that was. Proper <laughs> <laughs> twelve. <laughs> You're like the guy in the back of like a bar in Lord of the Rings movies, like proper twelve. Proper twelve. <laughs> I have me a couple of proper twelve. <laughs> That's a, that's a good Irish accent, though. I don't know, dude. I, I can't know. do any accents. I can't do any. One okay. time I bust, I did a decently okay Trump accent, and I tried to do it a second time, but I couldn't do it. it was Trump, so, oh, a Trump accent or yeah, Trump impression? A Trump impression. Okay, okay. Yeah. I, it's dodgy. Were you doing it verbatim? It was... <laughs> <laughs> or was it more of like your own material with Trump doing it, you know? I was just trying to talk like... Because that voice. is the difference. Because if you're just doing Trump speeches verbatim, it seems weird. <laughs> it was more of like, I definitely have questions. I, try, I guess it's more of a mimic. I tried to mimic something he said with his voice. And I did it once and I tried to do it a second time and it never... It never was the same. I can't do impressions. I can't do accents. I've tried to... It's doing a talent. It. Lots of people work really hard at it. They do. There's a point in time where I wanted to be a voice actor in my life. I think you still could. Yeah, it's probably true. God, that would just be that. that would just be the kicker, like <laughs> to like just like fucking mailing it in on fucking voice acting and just like making more money somehow and just be like, you could read like be the voice of an audiobook, you know. <laughs> That would be pretty cool. I got recommended that by a guy at work. He's like, hey, man, you have a – like it was right when I started the podcast and people heard me talking for the first time. And I never thought of my voice. I, I hate this. I'm, the sound of my voice is ridiculous. Yeah, you have to get used to hearing the sound of your own voice, man. It's tough. And like – because I, I know that. I've heard my own voice a lot recorded. Like I have heard – I've heard all the bad notes come from me, man. Well, Every did- single bad one has come out of me and I've sang it and it's been <laughs> not fun to be there in another room with that person literally going to the take and they're going like – <sighs> how how what is that feeling though? Like if you're being in a room with another, it person sucks. And you're they're listening to you sing your song. Like how is that? Well, make no, you feel? it's it's cool because usually like I'm only doing it in this in the in the context of with people that I've written the song with. So it's oh, like okay. it's not a big deal. No, but it's, oh, but it's like even, like even though they're your homies, it's like you're still like it's still brutal to hear yourself sound terrible when you're trying to sing. And like as someone who's like been singing a long time, like it's like. Yeah, I know a lot of what I do, but like, there's still like, I have like really bad days sometimes, and like, still have like really fucking brutal takes, even within the good ones, or get my best take, and then right after it, have one of the worst. And when you have to listen to those mistakes, when you're like trying to pick like what parts are the best, and it's like, it can be bad, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I'll just be, I'll just be like, I'll be like over someone's shoulder while they're like. Operating the computer, I'm literally like young thug from like that meme, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. And and like I'm just hearing the tag, I'm just being like, Rrr. I was like, I know they can't see me, but I'm just like closing my eyes, like, please, please, I'll say. It's like not that one, not that one, not that one. He's like, it's like, well, they're not using that one. I was like, thank you, move it, move it, next, 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 next. <laughs> Let's get to the next one. <laughs> oh, dude, it's brutal. I, I I I don't think I'll ever get used to it because like I have to listen to my episodes when I'm editing. I'm the one editing it. I can't wait till I can have a producer just edit my shit and not have to hear myself until it's released or something. Nice. But like I try to be self-critical of how you sound when you don't even like the like hearing your own voice. Mm-hmm. And then other people will be like, well, you sound like a guy who does this. Do, like do you ever find yourself mixing it to make yourself sound a little bit more like, oh, yeah. No. I've, I've tried. I've tr- <laughs> Give I've, yourself I've, a little bit more bravado on the – there's on sometimes the, when I on the on the track. Sometimes I <laughs> turn get, my headphones up. You know, I, there's times when I get really nervous and I talk really fast, 
And it's like my that's my Portuguese side of my family because okay. all of my Portuguese relatives are speed talkers. Can you speak Portuguese? No. Okay. My, my dad when we when I was young we moved. My on. my buddy uh, Jago lives who who uh, lives with Kevin. He's from Brazil. He speaks yeah. Portuguese. One of the guys told me he went to Portugal many times. Oh, that's cool. Like, I didn't know that. I've not talked to him about. And remember to follow the Wild Weird on all social media. Follow us on YouTube. Like and subscribe. And remember, share with a friend because this is how this thing grows. The more you share it, the more it grows, and the more people get to be introduced to new music, at least the new music that I like. Thank you. Well, they were big clubs then. Yeah. Like, so, like, uh, and, like, uh, he played, uh, for instance, like, I guess, so my buddy Ashton just went back to England to visit. He has dual citizenship, and, like, uh, I guess while he was there, he got to, like, uh, meet, like, Alex Ferguson or something. At least that's what I was told wow. by somebody Sir else. Alex Ferguson. Sir Alex Ferguson. But I guess Alex, Alex Ferguson played with, uh, Ashton's dad mm-hmm. on like one of the teams like way back in the day so like he knows him personally and they were just like chatting it up like old homies wow. and I was like that's fucking cool it's fucking weird it's fucking weird you just know this like prominent figure in soccer <laughs> culture yeah apparently Ashton was really like spellstruck because he's a huge man United fan and like that's like he lives and breathes it and so it's like uh it's it's cool that was really cool for him to hear that that happened I haven't heard it from his mouth though I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to like Find that out. You know what's weird? I noticed this recently. Like, soccer's obviously, you go to Brazil, Venezuela, South America, Europe. Soccer's like people's lives. Like, they, mm-hmm. they ride or die for those teams. Mm-hmm. America's not even like that as much with football and basketball. But baseball does have that fan base, I realize. And, uh, and I don't know a lot about baseball. I've never really been, like, a, a big fan. I liked playing it when I was younger. But I just – I feel like I just picked a route and ignored baseball, even though I don't necessarily – despise it or hate it yeah dude i feel like uh baseball is like when every man starts to admit that he might be okay with being old yeah it's like watching tennis i watch tennis now if tennis is on (laughs) i'll watch a match of tennis she likes it (laughs) (laughs) uh well no it's true it's like it's like it's such a like and i but like also like baseball is like it's more of like a it's a social sport like it's meant to be enjoyed in a social way, like yeah. like uh, going either going to the ballpark, which I still have never been to a major league game, and I want to. Uh, I was going to go to a major league game. Uh, Wait, you never like, been I, like a Mariners game? Nothing like that. No, nothing like Let's that. Let's go to a Mariners game. I oh, did. I only want to see the Braves. The Braves. That's Atlanta, though. Well, the Dodgers too, but like the Dodgers are like that's more. Re- re- I mean, that's Dodgers are more realistic, but like it's just like every time I like weigh out like the idea of like travel costs and everything, I'm just like, ugh. Cheapest way: take a train. Take a train to L.A. Spend sixty bucks. Go down to L.A. Get a hotel. Pay tickets on the game. Uh, tickets, if you want decently okay tickets, would probably. Is this a sponsor? What Amtrak? Are you Sam? doing? Are you doing? Are you doing an ad right now? <laughs> no, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> One day, Amtrak. <laughs> you like to travel with this podcast <laughs> sponsored by Amtrak? Oh my god! Hey, they're, they're very like like historical entity in Portland, right? Like, Amtrak's been around a long time. You're you right. Know, I, 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 <laughs> they, what, yeah, what are they? Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, yeah, I don't think this. Well, you don't see like trade you should you should email them still though. <laughs> see what they say. I want to see. Uh, we'll read. We'll read the response later at the next one. <laughs> you guys want to ride a train and not take an airplane? Southwest for getting your bags? Like you know, take a train. <laughs> it's getting worse. <laughs> it's getting worse. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, sorry. Uh, no Amtrak still though. If you're interested.
Uh, yeah. Um, what were we talking about before? Well, go to a doctor's game. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, you know, that'll probably happen. I mean, it's going to happen eventually. I just, right now, all, I, uh, all I'm focused on is trying to get these, these, uh, songs done and, uh, figure that out. It's like I can figure all, I can go to, I'm, I'm sure the Dodgers will be around. Oh, you know, yeah. like, and to be honest, there's, because of the way I grew up, I wasn't allowed to participate in live sporting events, like really? professionally. Yeah, no, because like a, like, yeah. Were you not allowed to dance either? Is that part of this? No. Like, you can't, like, celebrate. No. In oh, you can, you can thrash around like you're caught by the Holy Spirit and look like you're having a seizure. And, like, <laughs> that's okay. But, God forbid, you move with a little rhythm every now and then. <laughs> you know? Imagine, like, you're doing that. You're in the thralls of prayer. And you're, like, like, glory, awesome glory. Then you bust prayer. out the mood walk real, real quick. And they're like, he's possessed. You're not supposed uh, to do the moonwalk. <laughs> oh my god, he's walking backwards, but it's forwards. Oh! <laughs> I understand. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, you know, I don't really get it. Like, it was one of those things that, uh, it was just like many things that just seemed like, like a bunch of like, uh, paradoxes that were constantly existing that I was just like told to blindly believe. And then you get to a certain age, like 15 or 16, and you just like start asking questions. You start realizing all the adults are lying to you and they don't know the answers. And like, did you see this happening to other like kids? Oh yeah, age? dude. Everyone was going through this. And like, I'm still very close friends with like a lot of kids that also got out of it. Like, uh, like one of the people I'm making an album with, we grew up together in the same thing. Uh, and then, uh, one of my best friends still to this day who I've known since I was like three years old grew up in it and like his family was like kind of prominent in like the thing so it was like a little, he had a much different experience than I did being on the outside but it was uh yeah no it's it's definitely challenging man because it's like there was so many different things you can't do so <laughs> it's like you can't dance you can't do anything like we also like like one of the big things is like not hanging out with non-believers Oh yeah, and so it's that. like so it's like if you're at a sports game where it's like all the advertisements are cigarettes and beer at the time when I was a little kid, you know, can't go to those places, and you also can't. Be, but then there was other people, and I would be confused about this, like in the same denomination of other churches that would be like, oh well, like this guy like almost became a professional baseball player, but then like he became a preacher instead, and it's like okay, well, like what? It's kind of sad. Yeah, it's it's really confusing. It's like you're constantly uh, doubting a reality. And, like, that's a very, like, weird, vulnerable place to have a kid because you don't know what's real. And, like, it's something I still struggle with this to the, to this day. I can imagine. There's got to be some parents that were kind of like, you know, you, you're trying to raise your child in this atmosphere the best you can according to, like, what, you know, the other elders or people in your community are doing. But then there's a part of you that doesn't want to. I feel like that's a completely human you know, like I feel like someone's father was probably struggling with how I'm going to do this or should I even do it? And it's hard. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's hard doing that even when not even in a religious cult to try to figure out like, how do I not? Well, yeah, man. And like, and like the thing is too, is like, uh, yeah, well, I don't need to like get into like too much detail, but it's like a lot of like my, my like physical trauma that I endured, like as a kid happened at that place. And then like at the, at this church and then my parents, my dad worked several overtime hours all the time to like pay for us to go to a church school in this school where I had to go to the same bathroom where like my abuse happened. Mm -hmm. And so literally from first grade when it happened till my senior year of high school, I had to use the same bathroom every day at the same building where like everything had happened. And like my parents 
were absent because my dad was working so hard to sacrifice to me be there because he thought it was God's will. And it's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I, I, and as a place right now where I'm like trying to grow into the idea of like having children and like growing my family, it's like, I can never <laughs> imagine ever doing that, like ever putting my kid through that again. You know, it's like, if that happened, I'd be like, nah, we're out. Let's get us out of here. Yeah. This is fucked. <laughs> That's, that shows I can't believe this shit happened. I'm fucking pissed. Let's get out of here. <laughs> it really shows you the power of the corruption of that mind, like how, how they can corrupt people's minds so in-depthly. Yeah. Like, cause it doesn't make any sense. No, it, it never doesn't make sense why people are able to make those decisions. Yeah. And the thing is too is like everyone like turned the blind eye and like the family of the abuser like was still going to the church regularly while I still had to go to Sunday school because that's what I had to do. And like, it's just like, I'm like hanging out with the abuser's sister in Sunday school. It's like, I don't understand what's happening. Yeah. My life is fucked. <laughs> Everything is so crazy and I don't understand where my personal boundaries are at all anymore. It's such an environment of just like, imagine, like expressing your position where there's a lot of fear and confusion. Yeah. Like everybody in there just seems like they're operating on deep, deep fear and confusion. Yeah, you yeah. Know, nobody knows what the hell they're doing because somebody else is making their decision for them. Yeah. And it's hard to even get past that because a part of you is codependent on their decision-making. Oh, for they sure. they condition to you not be able to make your own decisions. And then on top and of that – And then they don't encourage you or nurture you to make your own decisions for anything further. You're constantly You're constantly reinforced to consult these people that let you get hurt in the first place. Yeah. You know, you're like – So oh, they can so like keep doing it. The pastor that let all this shit happen on his watch and not just me but to other kids too. It's like, oh, like this guy's still in charge and I have to consult him like for what's going on and like then like eh. – it's just wild, dude. It's so wild. <laughs> it's just such an environment because, like, I can't imagine nobody not feeling guilty or like about anything that's going on. So it's like that kind of like the feeling that deep, deep guilt along with confusion and fear. It makes you completely immobile of action. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, like, that's one of my that's one of my that's one of my that's one of my worst like qualities as a person that I wish I could get better about is my lack of decisiveness sometimes because like it's a uh, no, it's like, it's like rooted in a lot of fear and like, like wanting to make sure I get it right. Because if I didn't get it right, like the punishment was so severe. It was like deeply traumatizing. I mean, like the physical abuse, the verbal abuse at school and like, and then all the other stuff, like the, the weird social ostracization and like, it's, it's, it's like, it's like tough then to like go from that. You try to leave it because you want to like, feel like you're alive and not wanting to die anymore and then you go and like honestly what changed again is I, I had a mushroom trip with a bunch of buddies in seattle and it totally like changed my brain and it made me think oh i'm like i'm okay it's like i i got i got a i got a bad start like i was i but i wasn't involved in that decision making to make that happen it's like it's okay it's like i I uh, I didn't get the best start that most people get, and some people get better starts than others, and still fuck it up. So it's like it's okay, <laughs> and like uh, that just like totally changed my whole trajectory in life. I just like great perspective. I did. I just I just switched it up entirely, and I was like, oh, it's like uh, I was so like wrapped up in like myself and like all this pain and like uh, trying to like figure it out and like wonder why. And it's like, well, it's like, I don't really have to wonder why. Cause like there's other people who also experience a bunch of pain and like get born into like rich families and like, they don't get to decide that they're born into like a rich family. You know, it's like, just like I can't decide that I'm born into like a poor family that isn't a cult. Like 
dealing with like a bunch of religious abuse and shit. You know, it's like none of us get those decisions at the start. But when you realize that and you can like take a second to think outside of yourself for a moment, I think that's where you create true power within your life because then that's when you're taking control of what your destiny is and what you can actually make reality. Exactly. And that's where it's like, I think that's where like, that's where I feel like that's true. Like, um, human maturity is like when you get to that point and there's people that I know that are very old and still haven't figured that out. And like, it's a weird, and maybe like psychedelics would help with that. I don't know. Like I definitely feel like it would. I genuinely feel like, um, everyone should at least have like one mushroom experience at some point in their life. Like it's, and I'm not even saying that to be like hokey or weird, but like it genuinely, like the way it helped me process trauma and like, uh, process it without hate, you know, and like defensive posturing and like ego and all this other shit. And like, it helped me eliminate that. It's, it's a powerful, powerful tool. Oh, it definitely is. Yeah. Like I wish I did it at a different time. So I did mushrooms. I was high and 18 years old. I, <laughs> it is like, I'm trying to see shapes, man. <laughs> no, I, 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 I thought that's what it was. It was a completely Holy shit. Put that record back on. That was wild. <laughs> and like the environment I was in wasn't really set up for that. It was like I was 18 with my friends and we're at one of my friend's older brother's house who's done it before. And he's like one of these hippie dudes who lived on a commune in Eugene. And came like, and, yeah. So this is before me. or after banana, banana job. During, during banana job, I did quit slightly it's after. So much worse than I thought. Yeah, it was slightly after though. I did quit slightly after the mushroom experience. So maybe that's what it was. Mushrooms got me out of that life. You know, I was like, I'm gonna go play bingo with oldies and get out of the suit. <laughs> like, I'm going to go put my life on other people. I just like, you know, like when Batman decided to put away the suit, I felt like that's what, like, how I was when I put away the banana suit. Yeah, you, so you're comparing your life arc to the Dark Knight? No. He fought off this like is clowns. Cool. I fought off teenagers. At this the is center. also very, very, very <laughs> typical of guys with beards wearing beanies on camera. <laughs> That's not a lie. I feel like this is opening my life. I gotta, 2023 for me is going to be a lot of self-evaluation and less beanies. <laughs> I don't think it's the beanies. Is this the beard? Did I shave? No. I need to stop being a cliche. I just think it's funny. Everything's so cliche now. It's like the oversaturation of like, uh, like media and like, uh, all the hilarity that ensues from like the funny ones on like where there's memed them or whatever. It's just mm-hmm. like, Everything's a cliche if you really want to look at it. It, it. The second you think you're in or like your niche on the internet, I guarantee you there's a more niche thing making fun of the thing that you think you're in on. Exactly. And it's always another level and that's what I found and like I, that's why I think it's always funny to point it out. Like if there's a cliche happening, we had to say, hey, what's up? It's very true though. <laughs> it's like, eh. And you can't guys, take yourself too seriously. I know what it looks like! <laughs> <laughs> I'm aware. But like, I, I don't know. I just try. It's Cali Ray! It's not an IPA. It's not an IPA. <laughs> I do like IPAs, though, which is a cliche. It's unfortunate. No, I'm not a big fan of dark IPAs. <laughs> no, yeah I, yeah, I like IPAs as well. It's like also like this. Yeah. We're all a cliche. We all like <laughs> stuff. Especially like you go in there with like the denim jacket and you're just like, all right. I'm gonna, I, I'm write the gonna, story. Give me the fucking drink, please. <laughs> I need to stop wearing less de- I need to wear less denim in 2023. No. I need some, I need a leather jacket. I don't own anything leather. You know, it's funny. I've also been in the market for a leather jacket, but I feel like all the leather jackets that I want are like, uh, really expensive. 
Yes. $300? Yeah, I was, I was gonna say something a little bit more creative, so I didn't sound poor. We're poor. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true, I don't. We're trying to. No, live. it's, it's so expensive for a really nice leather jacket, but there's, there's a good thrift shops around town. The thing is, I'm like this awkward size where it's like I'm very big, but I'm also like very wide. It's like it's, it's like I'm tall, but I'm also wide. It's not like... You're built like a professional wrestler. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It's ridiculous. I like if I... The funny thing is, is I've always been like super insecure about like uh, about losing weight because I'm afraid I'll look like Johnny Bravo. Because <laughs> I feel like... like no legs. I, 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 I literally like sit like this like constantly because I'm like kind of trying to make myself smaller. But it's like it's always like... <laughs> But that's nice though, it's so can... funny because it's like if I literally like lost everything, I would just look like shoulders, and then like where but where did nice everything you else can fit go? A lot of good pants. <laughs> where did it all go? <laughs> Look at this. You could be like very muscular, broad shoulders, <laughs> upper body, but then you can. Dude, blend. this you is have... also very typical of guys with beards and beanies on camera. <laughs> what is this conversation? I'm trying to make you feel better. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you that you have you have good hips and you can wear a variety of pants. <laughs> Thank you. I have great hips. <laughs> Your hips don't lie. <laughs> Another cliche. It's okay. No, it's okay. Well, you know what's yesterday? She tells me we're out, and she's like, "You know what I really enjoy about you? I really like your legs." And I'm like, "You know what? That's fucking... also what my girlfriend told me." And I was like, "Because you know, I have great calves, though. I'm not gonna lie, my calves are banging. Mine are too, especially when I'm playing basketball more frequently. <laughs> oh. Not that great right now. Yeah, I used to play great. basketball, so that was my sport. So right. I think I." Yeah, up on your toes a lot. But you don't, I don't hear that that often. You don't hear women saying they like, do they, do, well, women have been telling me, like, hey, man. Well, to be fair, likes. we're both domesticated and don't talk to many women. That is very true. That is very true. Maybe what I'm is, being. Okay. What is the occult? What's everything that's included in the term? Dude, occult? I don't fucking know. Why would you ask me this lot? question? Is it like gothy shit, like vampires? I, I guess, yeah. 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 Canadians yeah. are yeah. the fucking occult. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, man. That's exactly how it was, yeah, man. So does occult just mean obscure then? No, I think I think occult just has to do everything with the occult, like, so like dark, like gothic, heavy, like, pagan? like, so like paganistic like, shit, like all of it, like all all the like encompassing literature and like of occult po- and pop culture and shit that like revolves around that. Oh, yeah, because I always thought that was a big term. Like Lovecraft, really it could be like Lovecraftian, like like everything, like like vampire. Dude, it could be. I, I mean, as far as I know. <laughs> Not one. <laughs> I'm not of the occult, so I'm I, sure we'll right I don't guys. have any specific knowledge about it. Write into the wild weird, <laughs> wild weirdness at gmail.com and send in your questions about the occult or give us some information about the occult. That'd be gratefully appreciated. Yeah, we'd love to go to a cult meeting. Would you? <laughs> I don't think you would. <laughs> you could probably get me in <laughs> the, and like help me like adapt. Speaking to it. of the wild weird. <laughs> Catch the wild weird live at a cult meeting. Would you want to go? We can feel the whole. I don't thing. know what it's gonna. Be. <laughs> we might not come back alive. I didn't say clan meeting. All right. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Oh well, never mind. I'm not gonna say that. I'm not gonna say that. Shut up. <laughs> Shut your fucking would, mouth. Uh, yeah, no. I'm not gonna do it. But uh, I mean, I want to. Portland's gotta have some weird thing you can join. That's under the Shanghai tunnels or something under a Chinese yeah. food restaurant. But like, yeah, I mean, like, I got my hands full with what I got right now. Yeah, I don't need. We're busy be. people, you know. We're trying. I, to, we're trying I, to I did the cult thing early. I was. I'm <laughs> like kind of. I'm kind of like not to be like the guy that's like hmm, you're a poser, but like I don't relate to the cult thing. <laughs> well, as your friend, I'm not going to put you through that. Okay. I don't, okay. Thank you. Thank you. I care about you. And I don't want you to have to deal with that. This is really setting us up for you to ask me for the next episode. 
<laughs> no, no, I had to say yes on camera and then I do it. <laughs> yeah, so yes, yes, I will. Okay, thank you. Thank right. you. Will you please? Will you please? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but we can even do it here on a day off where you can actually like, we can do a full thing. Do it on, I'm, so my schedule now is that I'll be off Fridays and Saturdays. Fridays are my only day off, sir. Do you work today? <sighs> I did work today. Oh, thank you for letting me go come on the show. Talk to me while you're That's why I was like, I just got out of the shower. Like, oh, when you got here, yeah, I was, yeah, I was dirty. You're a dirty boy? I was a real dirty you Got boy. all that, like that baseball dust. Well, I had you. to get that. Slime off me. You went to first base a couple times and go take a shower. No, 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 no. Only soccer, baby. The final third. Final third. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh God, Jonah, it's it's a pleasure. Thank you. This has made my day so much better and so much funnier. Great. You're you're welcome. I'm glad that I can provide so much to you. You provide a lot. Thank you. But I don't expect anything from you, which is nice. It's just yeah. nice to talk to a good it friend. It feels good, right? It feels organic. It's just nice. Just it's, re- it's really nice. It's real nice. It's real nice. It, it, you provide a great <laughs> environment and a great energy. Please fucking God. Cut us I'm off. I'm going to say one more thing. I <laughs> Please that, fucking shut us off. <laughs> I love that you have a They Hate Change poster. I just saw them open up for Barty Strange like two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, 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 I know. Great band. Great I team. know. Those dudes uh, have a lot of energy. Yeah, they're they're awesome. They're great. I guess they're not technically a band. Uh, summer, follow at Palomino Joyride on Twitter, Instagram, and uh, I don't think I'm on Facebook because that's super fucking weird. Yeah, does anybody come <laughs> on Facebook anymore? And, and uh, yeah, well, it's only if you want old people to look at your shit, and I don't. It's going to make it's like, it's like, it's like, <laughs> like my mother. My mother not like I'm making, like, it sounds like I'm making edgy, controversial shit. I just, like, don't want to deal with it. Facebook um, should just go away. I just don't want to deal with Facebook. It's just, like, lame. <laughs> and, like, yeah, oh. I, I hate the app. And, like, it's just all just, like, bleh, to me. At this point in my life, I'm just hoping for less messenger options, right? If you get rid <laughs> yeah, of Facebook, yeah, yeah. less people will try yeah. to talk to me. Yeah, that'd be cool. Or put me in a group. Yeah, my mother sent me a fucking Facebook, like, screenshot from, like, a memory or something. And I was just, like, oh. <laughs> it just like makes me wish paid upon like her. I, I like I love my mother-in-law she's such a nice woman but do I care that you're stuck on a train for six hours I don't <laughs> I know she does Sarah I don't care I love you but I don't care about your constant updates it's not I don't care Sarah I love you I would love to have an interview with you at some point I I will do it and Greg will be asked to leave the room I feel like it might actually be a lot. She might tell you some crazy shit if I leave the room. Me being in the room might actually make it less. He's going to leave the room. <laughs> He's going to leave the room. I just picture, cause my mother, I picture you and my mother-in-law with a gigantic wine chalice and both of you just like downing wine talking about what she wants to talk about. Dude, I want to hear all the shit. I'm not joking. You'll love it. You'll love give it. Give it to me, Sarah. She will give it give to Give it all to me. She will give you all of it. I picture like now, <laughs> you're, dude. You're no, thousand no, no, no. yards staring into this fucking wall right no, here. No, no, it's cause, killing me right no, no. Because right now, I think in that moment, you should give it to me when I clip this. Give it to me, bro. Rick James is give it to me, baby. Mama it's gonna time. be playing over the. She said, like, "Give it to me." It's like, give it to me. Give it to me. Guys, Jonah, follow Palomino Joyride on all the social medias, Twitter, everything yeah. you just said. Follow the Wild Weird on Twitter, Instagram. We're on all listening platforms, YouTube. Uh, got any questions? Write us at thewildweirdness at gmail.com. Jonah, get the fuck burger! <laughs>
Don't ignore me while I'm doing my shout-outs. Guys, thank you for listening to the show. Thank you. Better help and... uh, (laughs) Sorry, I can't stop. (laughs) It's okay. Thank you, Jonah. It's a pleasure. Yeah, dude. Dude, you're so so fucking awesome. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate you. Appreciate you. See you later, dude. See you later. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.